Hello everyone, this is Pastor Dean Thompson with a word of hope. The Unveiled Christ, part 30. We want justice, we want justice. And when he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God and because of the testimony that they had. And they cried with a loud voice, How long, O Lord, holy and true, will you not judge and avenge our blood upon those who dwell on the earth? And to each of them was given a white garment, and it was said to them that they should rest for a little while yet until their fellow servants, that is, their brothers, who are about to be killed, might be made complete as they themselves had been. It is not very seldom on the Jamaican scene we see people protesting, bearing placards and all, and loudly sounding their cry for justice and restitution of some sort. Many times their cry go unheard, and their frustration continues to the point where sometimes they may resort to other measures, hoping to get their voices heard. In this scene of the book of Revelation, at the opening of the fifth seal, we see the souls of slain saints voicing their complaints to God, crying out for justice. How long, O Lord? How long will you not judge the earth? What is happening here? Can the dead still speak? Can the dead still mourn for the justice? Can the dead still mourn for the injustice they have suffered? Can the dead still avenge their death upon the living? Let us examine this strange passage of scripture. Which altar is the text referring to? There were two altars in the Old Testament temple, the altar of incense in the first apartment or holy place, and the altar of burnt offerings located in the, in the courtyard, the outer court. The altar in focus here in this passage is most likely the altar of burnt offering, in view of the fact that in the Old Testament temple in the Old Testament temple system, the blood was poured out at the base of the altar of the burnt offering. All the blood of the bull he shall pour at the base of the altar of burnt offering. Leviticus 4 verse 7, verse 18, verse 25, 30-34, and of chapter 8 verse 15, 9, and chapter 9 verse 9. The phrase poured out is also used in Revelation 16 verse 6 where the blood of saints and prophets is poured out, evidently beneath the altar, as verse 7 indicates. Stefanovich. But knowing that the altar, of the, the altar of sacrifice was not in the temple, but in the outer court, we must assume here that the scene being portrayed takes place on earth and not in the heavenly temple. The outer court of the temple symbolizes the earth 
in this context. The text says that they were slain because of the testimony that they had. What testimony is this? Is it the testimony of Jesus that is spoken of in Revelation chapter 1 verse 2 and verse 9 and chapter 20 verse 4? No. The testimony that the faithful martyrs held and suffered for is their witness about Christ. The same as referred to elsewhere in the book as the testimony or the word of their testimony. Chapter 11 verse 7 and chapter 12 verse 11. According to Strathman, such an understanding fits in the context of the vision of the opening of the seven seals, which deals primarily with the proclamation of the gospel and its related consequences. Stefanovic states that the witnessing of the martyrs in Revelation 6 verse 9 parallels to that of the two witnesses in Revelation 11, 3 to 10. It is because of their faithful witness to the gospel that the martyrs have experienced persecution and martyrdom. End of quote. These souls are crying for justice. They want their blood to be avenged. The Greek word ekdikeo means avenge or procure justice for someone. It is a term imply, implying a legal action. The same word is also used in Luke 18 verse 3, where in the parable, the widow cries to the unjust judge, Give me legal protection from my opponent. New International Version. Grant me justice against my adversary. In Luke 18 verse 5, the judge's response is, Because this widow bothers me. I will give her legal protection. The legal focus is clearly expressed and evident in Revelation 19 verse 2, where we see God judging Babylon and avenging the blood on her hands. The saints want God to judge those who dwell on the earth, that is, the inhabitants of the earth. This is a term that is used very frequently throughout the book of Revelation. It's so it functions as an expression for the wicked, those who resist the gospel and persecute God's people. The best Bible scholars of the book of Revelation attest to this fact. The redeemed people of God in the book of Revelation, however, are described as those who dwell in heaven, Revelation 13 verse 6, and reign in the heavenly places. This idea is in keeping with the already but not yet context of the rest of the New Testament. We are already citizens of heaven, though we are not yet there. Look at Romans 8 verse 30. It says that we are already glorified. And Ephesians 2 verse 6 says that we are seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. But do we feel very glorified most of the time? Do our surroundings resemble heavenly realms in any way? Do they? Philippians 3 verse 20 tells us that we are already citizens of heaven, but our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await our Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Philippians 3 verse 20. This is why the book of Revelation 
This is why in the book of Revelation, we are not numbered among the dwellers of the earth. Christians today are living with the tension between two realities, the present and the future realities. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. 1 John chapter 3, verse 2, New International Version. Back to Revelation now. The souls under the altar are given white garments, the righteousness of Christ, and are told to wait until their faithful, until their fellow servants, brothers, are made complete. Made complete? What does this mean? According to Stefanovich, the Greek plero means to make full, to fill up, to bring something to completion or to complete. The text could mean either that the number of their fellow servants who are about to be killed are to be made complete, as translated by the NASB, the NIV, the NKJV, the NRSV, the RSV, and others, or that their fellow servants who are to be killed are to be made complete with reference to their character, as the KJV seems to suggest. Evidence elsewhere in the book of Revelation supports the latter understanding. See Revelation 7, 13, and 14, Revelation 19, 7, and 8. Stefanovic also states, translators usually supply the phrase with the word number, on the assumption that John held to an idea of a fixed number of martyrs to be complete, completed before time comes to an end. End of quote. The word number really does not appear in the original Greek text of Revelation 6 verse 11. George E. Ladd correctly, correctly states, This statement is surely not to be understood in any mathematical way, as though God had decreed that there must be a certain number of martyrs, and when this number was slain, the end will come. End of quote. Rightly understood, the text is revealing that the martyrs underneath the altar must rest until their fellow servants, their brothers in Christ, who are, who are about to be killed, might be made complete with reference to character, as they themselves have been made complete or perfect in character. Stefanovich. The souls under the altar should not be understood as dead persons literally speaking and lobbying for justice. No. This is figurative language. It is just like God saying to Cain, What have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Genesis 4 verse 10, New International Version. That is after Cain, in malice and jealous rage, murdered his own brother Abel. In the same way, God hears the blood of his saints who died in their witness for Jesus. Stefanovich in his commentary states, and I, I quote, The scene of the fifth seal depicts the image of martyrdom, using the symbolism drawn from the Old Testament 
sacrificial ritual. John describes God's faithful people's sacrifice as martyrs with their lifeblood poured out as an offering to God. The idea of martyrdom as a sacrifice to God is well known in the New Testament. Jesus stated that the day would come when those who kill his followers would think they are offering service to God. John 16 verse 2. Paul speaks of himself as being poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrifice. Philippians 2 verse 17. See also 2 Timothy 4 verse 6. Thus, what we have here is a symbolic presentation. The saints under the altar died because of the word of God and the testimony they held. That is to say, they died because of their faithfulness to the gospel proclamation. When Christ's followers die for their faith and loyalty to God, it may very often appear to be a tragedy. The scene of the fifth seal, however, describes the death of Christ's followers as a triumph, a sacrificial offering made to God. End of quote. O oh God, please help us, your children, to be faithful to the very end. Help us to give a true witness of Jesus. Help us to be willing even to die for our faith in Jesus. Help us to daily live as your true children, to put aside the old way of life and to live circumspectly and honestly because the time is truly at hand. Please help us to make our calling and election sure. Amen. God bless you, my brothers and sisters.